Hello and welcome to Canalcast, a podcast exploring how our charity, the Canal and River Trust, helps make life better by water. I'm Lewis Howell, and in this series of Canalcast, I'm meeting people throughout the Canal and River Trust to open a window onto the work we do. Come with us as we discover how vital and vulnerable our canals are. In today's Canalcast, we're looking at the health and well-being benefits of spending time by water. I'll be learning how now, more than ever before, canals and rivers can help tackle the health crisis we're all facing. We discover how vital our waterways were to our well-being during lockdowns and how they can help to restore both the physical and the mental health of the nation in the months to come. So, let's begin by welcoming Lucy Unsworth, National Youth and Civil Society Manager at the Canal River Trust and someone that I've worked very closely with to help more young people experience the benefits of time by water. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. Lewis, how are you? I'm great. So, we're exploring health and well-being today, as you know. So, where I'd like to start is actually if you could explain the links between health and well-being and canals and rivers, because I know from my work that those links aren't always obvious. So it's a proven scientific fact that spending time by water makes us feel good. These benefits are becoming known as, as Blue Health and research done by Blue Health 2020 shows that spending just two hours a week by water is proven to improve health and happiness. Just two hours a week, you know, Lucy, that's not even necessarily a lot of time, but it's brilliant to know that the impact it can have on our health and happiness. I love it. So talk to me a little bit more about that then, Lucy, you know, in terms of some of those well-being benefits or, you know, the way in which we actually do engage to be able to experience those benefits by the canals and waterways. So I think that the difference happens almost immediately, certainly for me. So as soon as you step off the pavement and onto the towpath, it's almost like you're in another world in many ways. You start to see things from a completely different perspective. Your shoulders kind of sink down and your mind clears, your body relaxes. And I think there's just a a real sense of of calm and of peace and of, of contemplation, really. We'll often naturally gravitate towards water on our daily walks or our runs. I think there's there's something almost instinctive about it, actually. And by knowing that water is good for us, actually, that means that we know where to go to when we need to look after ourselves. But, but then in contrast to that, Lucy, you know, we hear people talking about a national health crisis and all the problems with mental health. What do they actually mean by that, though? And, you know, how do the canals and rivers then really help in terms of being able to overcome that challenge? So it's a really complex topic, isn't it? And I think when we talk about a national health crisis, what we're really talking about is the inequalities and health inequalities that are related to our physical and our mental well-being. And that's that's the crucial point of it, essentially. We know that some of us are much more likely to suffer from poor health than others not only does that cost the NHS a huge amount of money, but actually it further divides us as a nation as well. And I think by by getting people out and about and using their canals and rivers, we can start to bridge that gap really and address some of those challenges that we're all facing. Even before the pandemic, we knew that these health inequalities existed. I think the the pandemic has, has absolutely made that situation worse. And what we're seeing is that the pandemic is affecting so many people in so many different ways. I think that most people you speak to have been impacted in one way or another. 
it's a shared problem. And I think at the Canal and River Trust, we want to be part of the, the joined up solution to some of those problems. That's where the, the natural health service bit comes in as well. It's about just offering really easy on the doorstep opportunities for people to keep healthy in their body and in their minds. The likelihood of you falling seriously ill if you live in a community where unemployment's really high and incomes may be lower, there's limited opportunity, etc., that often does then lead to poorer health outcomes, right? But I mean, th- th- those are the problems. But now let's talk about some solutions, Lucy. Think about where the canals and rivers are. So actually, they run through some of our biggest cities. So London, Birmingham, Manchester, Leeds, Nottingham, I could go on and on and on. And we have 8 million people who live within a kilometre of our canals and rivers. That's a huge number. So we know that often in these big urban centres, we find the biggest health inequalities. And that's where that, that health crisis is playing out. It's also where the Canal and River Trust has canals. We have blue spaces. We have green spaces that people can access right on their doorsteps. So whether that's walking to work or cycling, whether it's uh, finding just a healthier route to take to college or university, whether you want to do some fishing, um, whatever it is that you want to do, it's about offering blue health to people on their doorstep. What proof is there that actually shows us that time by water improves our health? So it's, it's well documented that when people are closer to nature, they feel less stressed, um, their mood and their general mental health improve. There's also been a lot of research um, into making the most of, of green spaces and the importance of green spaces within um, towns and cities. More recently, researchers have been looking at the health benefits of living by water as well. And there's some really interesting things coming out of that. So some studies have shown that people who live near or regularly spend time by water not only report generally um, that their mental health and well-being is better, but also they're at a lower risk of premature death and a lower risk of obesity as well. So, so really some, some quite incredible statistics coming out that are really proving that the benefits of, of spending time by water. So what I'm interested to understand then, Lucy, is like, how can we measure the impact that the canals are having on well-being? So there's a few different ways that we're looking at doing that. One of the, I guess, the most exciting, or for me, I think, um, one of the most exciting ways we're doing it is through a uh, citizen science project that we're running with researchers from the University College London. That's called Urban Mind. And that's all about trying to understand the, the real benefits of spending time by the water on our mental health and well-being. Um, so it's a, a really easy to use app. Anybody over 16 can download it. Um, you um, have a couple of weeks where you get asked a series of questions um, about where are you? What can you see? How do you feel? And what we'd love is for more people who spend time by water to take part, because what we're hoping is that it will prove everything that we've been, been saying in this conversation about that real feel good factor of being by canals and rivers. Um, for the people who are taking part, they get um, a free report that will give you a bit of an insight that will show you how different environments make you feel, how they have um, an impact on, on your mood and, and your general sense of well-being. So you can start to see when, and where um, you're at your happiest and you're at your most relaxed. And we're pretty sure it will be when you're by the water or, or outside. Because essentially, we've got a 200-year-old asset that's found an incredibly 
important new purpose in the 21st century, I think. And we want to make sure that it can continue making a positive impact for communities now and long into the future as well. We have a 200-year-old asset that has found an incredible new purpose in the 21st century. If there was ever a way to end this particular conversation, Lucy, I think we should end it on that. So thank you so much for joining us for Canalcast today. Pleasure. Thanks, Lewis. So Lucy Unsworth there, but how exactly is the Canal and River Trust helping people spend more time by water? You know, what practical steps are they taking to get us more active and more mindful? To find out, I took Canalcast into the heart of the East Midlands to speak to Regional Director Phil Mulligan to find out how his teams help attract more people down onto the towpath. Hey, Phil, how's it going, man? Hello, Lewis. Good to be with you. Appreciate you joining us. Appreciate you joining us. So tell me, Phil. How are we actively helping local people to get happier and healthier by water here in the East Midlands? Well, I think the first thing we're doing is we're just providing that blue-green space right in the centre of urban areas for people to access, and it's free for them to access whenever they want. So that's great. But then in addition to that, we're working with a range of partners, people in local NHS or with people at universities or other voluntary sector organisations to promote the waterways for specific activities. Or it might be promoting things like the Big Track in Nottingham, which is a circular loop that takes you down the Knotts Beeston Canal one way and back around the River Trent on the other way. And it's a lovely track, off-road, cyclists, walkers, joggers. So that's something we're working on. Um, We have our own events programme, which will introduce people to the waterway sometimes for the first time. It'll be that little incentive they need to get down and try fishing or paddleboarding or canoeing or try a mindfulness walk that we're running. So we've got events programmes and we've also got our volunteering programmes, our task forces where people can come along with no experience, they don't need to know anyone and they can just do a little bit of gentle volunteering, take it at their own pace, they'll meet other people, they'll get a bit of physical activity, they'll be in nature, they'll have some social contact and they'll be doing something great for the the environment and for the Canal and River Trust. And I think one of the biggest things we're doing is we're working with Um, Intelligent Health and Sport England. We're running Beat the Street, which is an interactive game. It's taking place in Leicester shortly. It's been running in OB and Wigston. Uh, I was actually this morning on the towpath in Leicester to promote this. And there's a little fob or a swipe card that you tap on a beatbox and you get points for your team. And these beatboxes are all along the waterways in wonderful places. They encourage activity physical health bit of competition and you can work as a team to get as many points during the game as you can so there's loads of different ways that we can get people down to the waterways and that waterway there is that wonderful platform for engagement with nature some exercise or some just you know peace and quiet okay interesting stuff so phil what do you think is unique about canals for our well-being what is it that makes them special I think what canals have particularly is that they are in urban areas and yet when you're in an urban area on a canal it can feel so relatively quiet and tranquil well 
compared to the surrounding city environment. So even in urban areas, city centres, you'll see all kinds of wildlife along the canal. It's actually a green corridor for the wildlife itself, so it's really important for biodiversity and nature as well. But for people, they get that sense of peace, quiet, almost being in the countryside. The flatness of canals is really important as well. So even uh, where canals go through hilly areas, the towpaths themselves are very flat or very gently inclined. So our canals are really accessible for people of all sorts of abilities. Um, you know, they're flat, they're well surfaced, but they'll also take you to very quiet, beautiful places. And if you just imagine the two of us were walking along, having a conversation uh, along a street in an urban area, it would be so different than if we were walking along a towpath in that same urban area, having the conversation. You know, we would we would look around, we would see different things, we would feel closer to nature. We'd probably feel a little bit more relaxed and at peace because we know from research that just being close to water has a positive health benefit on people. It makes them feel calmer, more relaxed, it takes stress away and that's just a natural uh, effect from being close to water that you get when you're out on our waterways. Yeah that's critically important but Phil I hear that there's an exciting project that's just getting going in Nottingham around green social prescribing is it? Tell us a bit about social prescribing and how that particular project will work. It's really popular at the moment and it's just a wonderful, cost-effective, effective way of bringing people a bit of physical and mental health. So um, if you went to a GP, typically for any number of conditions, you might get prescribed medication or therapy, but green social prescribing is different. It's about prescribing someone an opportunity to engage with nature or with other people, do some volunteering, and it's a a low-impact intervention that can actually do as much or more than traditional ways of treating people. So it's really being looked at by the government, by NHS, and in Nottingham, we're part of a trial uh, across Nottingham and Nottinghamshire where we're actually providing things like canal side walks, canal side gardening, taster sessions for canoeing and paddle boarding. And all of these activities can be prescribed to someone who may go to a doctor with, let's say, anxiety or low mood or maybe they're, they're a bit overweight or their health isn't great. And so this social prescribing can deal with all of those issues. In fact, I was down there last week myself on the canal in Nottingham having a go uh, at the canoeing taster sessions that we're running as part of green social prescribing. I've walked along that towpath hundreds of times, but when I actually got into a canoe and started paddling, I was at a different height, I was close to the water, I actually canoed right past a little goose nest with eggs on. You'd have never seen that if you were walking along. And I was in a canoe, I was sharing with someone I'd never met before, so we had a chat, and that was great. You know, that could give someone who's feeling a bit isolated or lonely an opportunity to have some contact that they wouldn't normally get. they get that bit of physical activity from being there. And the whole programme comes with some wraparound care and uh, connecting people up with each other. And afterwards, we take people who have been on these activities off uh, for a hot chocolate and they can carry on um, you know, having a chat with the people who they've got to know 
in the activity. So that's the stuff that's going on in Nottingham, but we're also working with other partners. So we're just one of a number of organisations that are providing these prescribed activities. So we've got a thriving communities funded project where we're working with people like the Wildlife Trust, the local football club, a food bank, all sorts of organisations. So link workers uh, are there to take the people who have been given a green social prescription and the link workers then link them with whatever's the right activity for that person. And the Canal and River Trust is providing those waterside or water-based activities that can have such an impact at a real low cost, particularly if you compare that to the cost of some traditional uh, therapies and interventions and the cost that it can save the NHS and we like to think of ourselves as the natural health service because by taking people into nature by giving them those gentle opportunities for exercise then that can save the NHS a huge amount of money as well as doing great things for nature for the environment and for the canal and river trust well our canal just in nottingham for example it is on the doorstep of 75,000 people they live just within a few minutes walk of this waterway so it's there for all of those people in leicester it's the same it's more like 120,000 people who live close to the waterways there and the canal and river trust are delivering social prescribing activities and activity programs in leicester at Foxton Locks, at Stoke Bruin, all over our 500-odd mile network in the East Midlands. Thanks a lot, Phil. It's great to hear that so many different people are getting healthy and happy by the water. The Canal and River Trust have so many fantastic projects that really help change lives. To find out about just one of these, let's welcome Emma Hicks, project leader for Active Waterways Cheshire. Emma, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you, Lewis. Fantastic. So, Emma, tell us about Active Waterways Cheshire. What's the project about and who's it for? So, Active Waterways Cheshire is a programme which is designed to improve health and well-being of over 55-year-olds through a 12-week guided walking programme, which is led by our Canal and River Trust's Active Waterways volunteers. Um, our target audience are people who are inactive, so we're looking at people who are currently doing less than half an hour activity a week um, and to put that into context so these people sort of might not even be going down to their local shop once a week um, so we really are you know targeting the most isolated people um, and it's you know not just about improving sort of the physical health by by getting people walking but it's just as much about improving well-being and reducing social isolation of course, of course, which is critically important, especially when you consider what we've had to endure within the pandemic, where for so many people that loneliness and isolation was even more prevalent, right? You know, for so I think the both physical and mental well-being, as well as, you know, the social well-being is going to be even more important. So can you tell us a little bit more about some of those people who took part and how it helped them? Yes, yeah. So we've, we've had a huge variety of people coming along on our walks um, from people suffering with long-term health conditions who you know, being advised by their GP that they would benefit from walking regularly, um, from people suffering with, you know, sort of COPD, um, anxiety, depression. Um, we've had, you know, carers come on board who are really using our hour a week um, as a respite from their caring responsibilities. You know, lots of people are coming along for the social side because, you know, they're lonely, having having lost friends or family members or, you know, moving to a new area. So they just want to meet new people and, and learn a bit more about, 
near their area and their local canal or river. Um, but really, I think, you know, some of my, my favourite examples really are, are, are the people who, you know, have been really isolated through, you know, certain things that they've suffered in their in their social life, really. And um, one of my walkers from Nantwich um, was suffering since losing her husband. Um, she classed herself as being um, overweight and just was really unmotivated and, and incredibly lonely. Um, her local shop was just sort of 400 yards away from her house. And she, you know, admitted to not ever walking there since living there for 49 years. Since joining us on the programme, when we got to sort of, when we reached week eight of the, the Wellbeing at Home programme, which was delivered in our last lockdown, she had managed to walk to her local shop twice in one week, which obviously was an incredible achievement and really just give, gave her that boost that she needed to, to motivate her her and get her on her sort of activity journey really that is phenomenal honestly and when you hear things like that it makes you realize that you know sometimes you just have to plant a seed you just have to create you know an opportunity to be a catalyst in someone's journey isn't it and I think this is what the waterways are all about it's not about people feeling as if they need to be in a particular situation or have achieved a certain you know health goal or objective in the past but being able to say wherever you're at now there's something for you and that's what's beautiful about it, 100%. So from what I understand, though, Emma, you know, you had to adapt some plans for the group during lockdown. What were those plans and how did they have to be adapted? Um, yes. Yeah, I think like many programs um, at Canal and River Trust and elsewhere, you know, we, we moved our active waterways program online. So our walking program became a well-being at home program. And it was run in a similar format. So we met with our participants for an hour a week on the same day at the same time. And we, we basically sort of held discussions around health and well-being, shared information about their local canal or, or river. And we shared walk routes for their local waterway. And our volunteers delivered sort of short mindfulness sessions, which we did at the beginning of the session sort of everyone on the same page and make sure we were sort of present and really really appreciating the moment and while we're on there obviously our whole premise is to sort of increase people's activity levels so we did sort of 15 minutes of activity while we were on the call so examples of this sort of ranged from uh, yoga to pilates and chair-based exercises we did a bit of tai chi and really we managed to you know cater the the sessions a bit more around what people wanted with our you know gave us a lot more flexibility really and we also obviously our main thing is attracting people to the waterway and making them realize the benefits that you know they really can have to offer on our for our health and well-being and so we created four cheshire-based virtual canal walks with canal and river trusts heritage and ecology teams and these really allow people for the hour that they are with us for 10 minutes of that while they weren't able to get out and exercise, they could enjoy a sort of informative and relaxing 10-minute walk um, down the towpath from the comfort of their own home, while also encouraging them to sort of access those areas when it was when it was safe enough for them to do so. And, and actually, since coming out of the lockdown, lots of our participants have fed back to us that they've now visited those areas and enjoyed walking the walk that previously they've been taken on while just, you know, sitting in their armchair, which is just so amazing to hear. That is tremendous, honestly. And so help me understand something here, Emma. How does a small group like this in Cheshire, which admittedly is doing phenomenal work, help to tackle the health crisis that we face across the whole nation, though? So Active Waterways Cheshire is a small England-funded project. 
And projects such as this are funded due to um, the vast amount of research that shows the health benefits that come from raising our heart rate for a total of two hours over a weekly period. So doing short, intense bursts of physical activity every day really, really does make a difference. So from doing these sort of pilot projects such as active waterways, we're really able to, to prove that, you know, these can then be replicated in, in other areas. And, and as it's a volunteer-led programme, we at Canal and River Trust really do believe that we can carry on delivering these activities which will benefit um, communities in terms of their health and well-being. No, that's really, really helpful to hear, Emma, because one of the things that I've heard from many colleagues in previous conversations, especially on the Canal Cast, is that, you know, we've got the Let's events really going through the roof this year, right? And, you know, Let's Walk being an example of that. And I think, you know, what Active Waterways Cheshire has managed to achieve is really something that other parts of the country can now learn from and roll out and be able to bring their Let's Walk events to life. So that's phenomenal. Honestly, thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared with us today, Emma. We appreciate it. Thanks, Lewis. And thank you to all my guests for explaining the many ways the Canal and River Trust helps people to stay happy and healthy by water. If you want to learn more about Blue Health and how you can benefit from it, why not visit the Wellbeing and Events section of the Canal and River Trust website. Tune into Canalcast again next time. But until then, why not spend a little more time by water? <laughs>